Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Jeff Johnson coming to you from the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico with me. It's happy hour. We're all hanging around here in the bar chilling. We got Sally and Clevette and Deborah. Um, how how y'all doing? Great, doing Matt. Great. I I just said y'all. Did I sound southern when I said y'all, Sally? You're getting there. You're getting I'm there. Getting, it, yeah, needs a, it needs a little more twang in the A. A little bit more twang. But see, if I put too much twang on it, then I feel like I'm doing an imitation. And 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 then that feels wrong too. So I don't just waiting for it to get natural, I guess. You gotta um, hang out in those small shops. Hang out yeah. in the small shops, have conversation, then it'll come. Oh uh, yeah. Two things I don't like doing, going to the shops <laughs> and having conversations. But um I do like going to the beach. This morning went for a walk on the beach and a new thing happened. I'm always looking for new things to happen. Um Slinky Dog is running around and both the hounds are off the leash and they're sniffing around looking for, for beach stuff to sniff at and chew on. There was a a uh a uh a, a nutria that uh washed up on the beach and so everybody's been sniffing on it and chewing on it and but but slinky picks up this uh this thing and he's it's a mouthful and he's running with it and Gigi's very interested interested in it and she wants it and and he won't give it to her so there's some chasing and and good dog rough and tumble play going on and it's all off awesome and then i hear this crunch and and look and the thing slinky had picked up had been a a coconut that had washed up on the beach now we're we're not coconut territory here so it came from coconut land someplace and um made it here and and he cracked he he cracked it open with his big old dog jaws and uh was was uh very excited about the insides and then got bored and moved on but um now i'm kind of i'm kind of wary i i knew he had strong jaws but i didn't know they were were quite coconut cracking strong and now i feel like i need to treat him with more respect was it rotten inside or was it like fresh it was like all meaty and coconut juicy so white inside, not yeah, right, yeah, nasty. Mm. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like it you got that covered. right pressure point that just. Yeah, it, it, if it wasn't all covered with dog spit, I would have would have brought it home and made a pina colada or something. But uh, I have I have my limits, so um, so hopefully I'll I'll be nice to him so he doesn't. I, I expect him if you know if I die in my sleep or something, he'll be the first one to eat my eyeballs. But um, uh. You know, or your head, crack your head open. That escalated, that escalated quickly. All right, then. 
All right. So let's talk about an early learning topic. Uh, uh, y'all, 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 y'all. Yeah. Got some, uh, got some, uh, some feedback from you guys and you're both, uh, you're both, uh, okay. So relationships and caregivers, that's what we're talking about, right? Relationships and, and, uh, and so somebody start talking. I feel like I've been talking for three minutes and 37 seconds. So I'll shut up. Where do you get the time? Does it tell you? I have a timer. So I know how long episodes are. I'm a fucking oh, professional podcaster, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on know. with relationships and caregivers? So when we're looking at it in the classroom, it, it comes so often that we're talking about what that relationship is and we have all these nice terms about how we're going to handle it, but it doesn't really talk about how nitty and gritty it can get sometimes and how easy it is to see all the things in your brain that you're supposed to say and all the feelings that you're supposed to have in that relationship that you're quote unquote supposed to build and avoid that um you know, childhood trauma, immediate reaction, all of those back feelings that tend to come to the surface when you're getting close to burnout, when you're getting close to uh, just feeling overwhelmed with the day and how to actually address it when you're at that point in which it's not really working for you. So when you're in that moment and that that kid is is scratching vigorously on your last nerve, and your job is to build relationships with this little hellion. Um, that's a that's a damn hard thing to do. It can be pretty stressful. It can be um, time consuming. And I know that we've all kind of pitched in at different points or another where we're facing these things in our ongoing uh, early childhood interactions. And how do we actually look at that? Guys, you want to hop in here with some of the things you've been seeing lately? No. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, I really have some really good relationships with the kids I have right now. And I usually do not have very many um, discipline issues. Like a lot of parent, a lot of um, providers say they have a lot of discipline issues. I just really try to make that connection really early on with each child. And um, there's, there's one, you know, there's always that one. And, um, but I just make a point to at some time, several times a day, just give that child a hug so they get connected with me. And then it kind of turns the corner that way because they don't want to, you know, because I act a, a little um, sad you know, when they hurt a friend or hurt somebody or not their friend. And so I all act sad and they kind of don't like me to be kind of sad because, you know, I like Joey and you hurt Joey. And so I just kind of use manipulation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. So, and sometimes a parent, they might be naughty at home and parents like, well, I'm going to call Debbie. Like, oh, no, 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 don't call Debbie. So. It kind of works out for the parents too. So, all right. So, Debbie, I'm gonna throw something at you because okay. on on the list of possible topics you sent me, one was uh, that uh, that social emotional piece with uh, with kids, and the other was your ongoing battle with burnout. 
And right. I would like to suggest that those two things are intimately tied together because those kids in your program are most likely sensing your burnout, no matter, no matter what you do to cover it up, they are mm -hmm. sensing it. And because kids are very attuned to the emotional state of their caregivers and, and that any of the struggles that you might be having with, with them self-regulating and all that kind of stuff might, might, might be tied to your own burnout. Yeah. And think of it that way, because there's just a lot of emotional boohoo. Like he took my toy and he touched me. And so I'm like, why are you telling me? He touched you. You need to go tell him, not me. So I try to stay out of it type of thing. So, but I'm grateful for play because if I am, I, I mean, I'm not have to be on it every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I was doing those those work shits and stuff and all of that, that would probably um, add to it where I just get to monitor the children. And I just notice a lot of, like, I don't know if I'm failing on the emotion side of social emotional with my kids. So I have a few that cry like, oh my gosh, it's like, well, you gotta use your words. So I'm just, I try to, you know, get them to use their words and, kind of handle it themselves and not get me involved so are, are they are they like 14 15 year olds <laughs> no um they're actually they're four years old All right, right now. No, four year olds four year olds cry i mean right all the time about every little thing 40 year olds cry <laughs> all the time well, you need to suck it up about so many little things. Okay, let's go through. I I want I want to hear some of those things on that list because, um, as it's well documented in this podcast, I haven't cried for decades, um, and I'd really like to because I'd like to feel that I'm human. Um, I I uh, but uh, so what 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 are the things that make what are the little things that make you cry? Oh goodness, um, I am very tied to emotional response. So if I genuinely make one of my children laugh, like we're having a conversation, everything's just going great. And then I get the actual true throw their head back in laughter. I'll tear up because I'm like, this is a real mm -hmm. moment. And I didn't have a whole lot of that growing up. So it's kind of uh, a little more special to me uh, sure. than it might be to your everyday Joe Schmo. Um, but it, it's, it's little things, um, when my, when my dog snuggles up to my leg and he looks at me like he hasn't seen me in a million years, I'm like, dude, you just followed me to the bathroom. You're pretty <laughs> close. Um, but I love you. And, and it's just little stuff. Great, great Hallmark commercials. I'm just kidding. I so it's like TV. happy stuff. <laughs> yes. Happy stuff. Happy, things happy, that are, yeah. things that evoke, um, strong emotion tend mm -hmm. to uh, cause my tears more often than well I mean I definitely cry when I'm angry it is my biggest downfall I absolutely hate it because people think that I have been hurt by mm -hmm. what they said but really I'm just trying not to rip off their face mm -hmm. so I must withhold and and let the anger run out of my face 
and 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 saline droplets. So <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword, Jeff. You you make you make me feel so dead inside. Oh no. <laughs> Given all of the conversations that I've listened to over the years that you've had with all of your co-hosts, you are definitely the exact opposite of that. Just because your saline ducks don't do the same thing that this extremely emotional 40-year-old woman does. I promise you, by the way you convey everything that you have to say, you have all of the things too. Oh, great! I tried, y'all. I tried. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's not a, 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 an emotional thing. Maybe I'm not emotionally dead. Maybe I've just got clogged tear ducts. That could be, that could be it. I'll have to. Work out. We've gone off topic. Um. <laughs> Which I mean, very rarely happens on on this podcast. So I mean, the the relation, the relationship. I mean, God, relationships are fucking hard. And with these little humans that are so brand new to all of their emotions and all of their feelings, um, it, it's it's like you're you're dancing in the emotional residue of all of these other people all day long, and it can be. It can be it can be exhausting. So 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 Debbie, your burnout. I mean, part of it is is that kid, that four year old that is crying all the time over everything, uh, because that sucks all your emotional energy out. And then you're burnt out. But then that kid feels senses that you're kind of burnt out and not your your usual self, and that perpetuates their feelings. And it starts almost feels like it starts this this negative downward spiral that. It's it's really kind of hard to claw your way out of. That didn't sound very uplifting or positive. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> or my yeah. way off base. Yeah. No, I feel that because I try to do myself. Um, look at my look into myself. Try to figure out exactly what it is, and I love being with the kid part. It's all the other shit that you goes around the kids of owning your own business. I think that's what's getting me the bad down part. Yeah. Is what I'm burnt out on. So if I could just play with the kids, if I could just be like, it's like, is that a sign for me to close my business and be an employee somewhere? So I don't have to do all mm. of the other employee taxes and does and it have to be things. you? Does it have to be you doing all of that stuff? Well, when you're, oh, I'm, I'm provider. I have an employee. My husband helps, so my husband does. Like I could not do all the tax stuff, so he does all of that for me. But you know, of course, I have to remind him to do the tax stuff, mm -hmm. and you know, all that goes on with being having a husband. So it's just. All that licensing and the state stuff. So, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, we're I mean, laughing because Jeff made a face when Debbie said that. For yes, yes, it was, it was, it was quite priceless. Was it? Was it a good yeah. face? <laughs> um, so, I think you need to just, you just need to, you need to put more of that stuff off on him. Um, say, honey, honey, honey. Make, honey. making more honey do lists. He's got a long one. Yeah, yeah. He's a, <laughs> I mean, listening, so he hears all this. He's, I mean, he's not going to notice if you sneak, uh, you sneak three or four more things onto that list for him, right? Yeah, he just won't do it. <laughs> oh, like, you okay. put all you want on that. I'll get to it whenever, which is like six months later, maybe. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. I guess that's not much of a solution. So, Clavette, what are you thinking? Um, about Debbie's stuff, or no, about whatever. About I mean, relationships <laughs> and kids. You, you're, you're raising um, a, a husband and a couple, a couple young humans. I'm not What's... raising a husband, Jeff. Let's not get off topic. Oh okay. no, he's well. I mean, most of us are. <laughs> no, yeah. I've been doing a lot of work on myself for the past year, and I think that's definitely changed the dynamics of my teaching approach and my parenting and my own relationship with my husband. Um, um, he, I think, I, I think I can definitely um, relate to Debbie and just kind of reminding him of things all the time. But then I just came to the point where I just said, you don't like it when I tell you things and you say that you're not a little kid. So I just need you to grow up and be an adult. Then I'm not going to, do anything for you it's you're in charge you're also an adult it shouldn't just be me it's two of us so that's definitely changed um and yeah it's feels feels like a team now not just like a one person pulling every fucking thing together and yeah you know but um back to relationships or just even that um I don't know um I try not to like overwhelm the kids, especially in the beginning of the school year. I'm not those people who, there are a lot of people who I know who stand by the door and they're like, good morning, hi. Like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like oh, hi. And I just kind of, you know, carry on with my day. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I just observe the kids a lot. Um, and I just pay attention to what they like and what they're into and what they're trying to figure out. And, you know, if I see that they're trying to do something with a thing or you know, hole punchers, there was a kid discovering hole punchers today and you know, this, this past few days. And then I was like, oh, like they're really trying. Like, you know, I, I didn't interfere. And then I was going through the closet and I found this super cool one and then the next day I was like hey I think you're like this like check this out and then you know just kind of like very casual and just you know kind of like what Sally says like they look at me and they're like oh, and then they do it and they're like oh, amazed and I'm like you know like the the light coming glowing up on me and it's like oh like I like that so hey yeah uh, hey kid check out this whole punch <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, like you're you're selling drugs, Clement. That's not right. Uh, no, but that kind of stuff is that's that's fucking awesome when you can you can you can pull something new out like that because it, it it's just like I was I was working on a, a post today about uh, about technology and and if you're three or four years old, a hole punch is high technology. Technology isn't just screens is, and things yeah. with batteries. Uh, staplers and hole punches and all that kind of stuff is is tech. And when these little humans are so, they're so brand new to the world that all of that stuff is brand new to them. And so when you give them some little device to screw around with, it's it's awesome. I think you are right in the in the thing that you said that like your relationships with the children or whoever really has a lot to do with kind of like your own person. That just reminded me of 
scissors I don't know if I've ever told any of you we're not at my center we're not allowed to have scissors out and I've been this is my third school year there there it's almost February and I got really tired um, of the kids constantly asking me can I use the scissors can I have the scissors and it got to a point where I was like fuck this shit I'm gonna fucking leave them out I'm done like it stresses me out. It overwhelms me. Like I don't have an assistant teacher in there with me. It's just me now. So, you know, I've, I've got 11 kids. We, you know, three kids dropped and a lot of kids, a lot of people are like, Oh, well you only have 11. I'm like, yeah, but I'm only one fucking person. Like I can only do so much. Um, so I've been free the scissors. Yes. I was like, they want them safe. I put them in a pencil box. I'm like, I didn't even tell the kids anything. You know, the next day, somebody figured out figured it out. Like, they saw them there, and they were just kind of looking like, oh, shit, the scissors are out. Like, and they're like, just went to town. And then they put them back, closed the box, put them back on the shelf. And then, you know, some other kids who are, like, very, like, by the book and just need my permission for every little thing, even though I'm like, I tell all the kids who come into my classroom, you don't need to ask me for anything. Like if it's there, go ahead, you know, use it. That's it's there for you. Like, so anyway, I'm going on a rant, but I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. So, so none of the kids have narked <laughs> on to you on, on you like it to the administrators or anything like, Hey, no. Hey, Mr. No. Ty guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> the scissors are out in our room all the time. Um, that yeah. hasn't happened. That's good. No, not yet. I think they know. I think they, not that they know better, but like, I think they, I think they know how lucky they are to be like in that classroom because they go to other people's classrooms and other teachers and it's, it's not the same. So I, I really enjoy just kind of watching them and like, you know, figuring things out. And, and that kid who with the hole punches, she's not in my classroom. So when she came in there and she was, allowed to do all these things she was kind of like mind blown and was just kind of like oh so then I also use that to kind of as an opportunity to kind of also get in there and get to know her and like find something in common that we can kind of build a connection from and it's hard because all kids are into different things so and some kids like don't even want to talk to you like you're like hey how are you how are you today whatever you know how was your morning and it's just kind of like Dude, let Nothing. me play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I just kind of wait, you know, hoping that they want to talk to me. Since, <laughs> since you freed the scissors, how many how many kids have put eyes out? Um, they're used every single like all it. Yeah. No, I mean, but okay. how many kids have poked their eyes out with the? Scissors? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant have they put their eyes? Nobody. No, but nobody yet. No. So, no so you didn't leave the scissors out, and then somebody comes walking up five minutes later with a with a pair <laughs> no. of fiskers sticking out of their eyes. There are a few kids who kind of are in the zone. It's kind of like me when I get an idea, and then like the fucking yarn keeps you keep pulling, and it's like ah, oh, like they get so excited and they start walking and like trying to run around the classroom with the scissors. I do get a little nervous, and I tell them, I said you know what, you're making me really nervous when you're walking with the scissors. Like, are you done cutting? What What, what are you doing? What's the plan here? And they're like, oh, and then they just kind of go back and finish what they're doing. 
That's all I, I say. Was just practicing like, walking with scissors. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, if you're, you know, if you're gonna want to run now, like maybe put him back. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> and they're just like, okay, I'll, I'll put him back. I'm like, all right, yeah. that sounds good. For, forgot I had these scissors in my hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it sounds like a solid plan for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, solid plan. Putting the scissors back, <laughs> Debbie. You were, you said earlier you felt like you were failing on the social emotional thing. I think that's what you said. What does what would success look like to you? No crying at all, or what's that look like? Um, kind of like them being able to, you know, to get their own ball back without trying to get me involved basically they can use their words express how they're feeling because i try to talk to them or how does that make you feel when they hit you so i'm trying to get their emotions out it's just the i got this little girl that and now she's stomping her foot so she's like if i'm saying oh you have to wait your turn Ugh, and she stomps her foot and she's like it's not fair and then she'll storm off and cry and i just kind of let her go so um, they're going. They're at the age where they can go to kindergarten, um, but I fear that the social emotional part is not there for them. Even though they're going to be a young five, so parents have chosen to keep them out of kindergarten next year and just give them another year trying to get that down. Um, but I, I don't know what I'm lacking. Uh, maybe they just need more time and I shouldn't be so worried about it, but. I have questions. That would, be, that would be my vote, but yeah, what's your question? Okay. You said that Debbie, that there are a few kids who cry a lot. So I'm wondering like, how long have they been in your program versus the kids who are not like that or like how old are they? Or just kind of like, do you think that has anything to do with it? The two that do it the most currently are like three days apart and I've had them since infants. So they okay. they know nothing's changed. It's mm -hmm. the same mold and I've had older siblings of each of them. Can I ask a follow-up mm -hmm. question to that? Um, when you're looking at your expectations of the classroom and expectations <clears throat> of crying, not crying behavior, deciding that they want something and having the tools and vocabulary to express that uh, to their cohabitants of the classroom. Um, one of the things that I've seen often and one of the things I've done um, that I, I, I strive really hard to kind of coach myself out of is placing my expectations of their behavior on them because my expectations have nothing to do with who they are. Right, they're four, and like I cry all the time, and Jeff does not. We're two completely <laughs> different humans, and how we handle upset and how we handle joy are completely different. And I think that when I when I first started out as a teacher, I was worksheets and dot dot not a lot, and y'all can shame me later, and I I shame myself on a daily basis. Um, but I didn't know any better. That was that was literally. I was taught that this is what a teacher does. A teacher holds her notebook. A teacher takes notes. A teacher grades sheets. And that's who they are. And the children love her. That's absolute bullshit. That's not how it works. 
Um, but having to pull myself away from the idea that the expectation of the behavior is driven by child success, parent happiness, program success. There's this framework that happens in our minds is so easy that we're like, oh, well, if we're not doing this this way, or if the parent hears them crying, or if, you know, hubby just came home from work and, or hubby just came home from the store and all he can hear is crying, they're going to think I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that starts to cycle. And it has nothing to do with the fact that the kids are learning how to use those words. The kids are learning how to share, which is, as we know, not developmentally appropriate until they're four to six anyway their brain is just now moving out of that. I can do everything myself To You're still here. You can help me do this. How do I have this conversation? Just unburdening yourself of the idea that the only way for your classroom to get that check mark is nobody's crying, everybody's sharing, everybody's using their words the best classrooms are the messy classrooms. The best classrooms are the classrooms where they do cry and they do learn how to use the words on their own. Yes, they're still going to come to you because they're brand new humans. And when they do, we get to we get to provide them with support and provide them with modeling and provide them with a few, not all the words, a few words to help support and have those conversations. And when we take off that expectation that everybody else is seeing, and just focus on, like you just said, I, I held on to your comment. I just want, if I could just play with them. Why not? Just play with them. Shit. Just play with them all day. And I promise it gets so much easier. And that burnout falls off so much quicker because you're not stressed about mm -hmm checking the boxes and if you build it into your policy I know Jeff you're so big on policies and I'll stop talking because I tend to ramble um mm -hmm. but if you build it into your policy that your program is not about check boxes is not about curriculums it's not about over accentuating all of the little pieces of it it's literally about allowing children to learn how they are intrinsically designed to learn then you, you get rid of 85% of the bullshit of the administrative work that comes with running that business, so to speak. Here, here. Applause, applause. So I think, I think along those lines, another way to look at it might be that the crying and the foot stomping are all experiments. They are they're mm -hmm. they're trying out these strategies for getting the ball back or getting the green shovel or whatever it is, and they're either going to work or they're not, and um, being able to to stand back and and let the kids let the kids go through that process, and 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 not interrupt and and find out if indeed that foot stomping or crying does help that kid accomplish what they want to accomplish with their peers. Sometimes I think even when we're letting kids try to figure it out for themselves, we do step in sooner than we need to and and try to solve those problems. And and maybe the the solving the problem of the kid fussing because they're not getting their way or whatever, maybe it's that the other kids decide that, hey, quit crying, or maybe they give in. Um, 
but we don't have to always put ourselves in the in the middle of that although it's it's hard not to especially since i'm the only i, mean, I have an assistant but you know the buck stops with me yeah so i try to have everything a part of the group and have of the, my facility and connect with all the social emotional and cognitive and all of that stuff and make sure i bring you know dap in and they've all been exposed to it and so that's the one thing i that's where i thought i was faltering but now that y'all help me out it's kind of more it's where they're at at the moment and they're just gonna need to you know work through it and you, so. you and there's so many things like that come into play here like you know it, it's where they at they're at in their development like it's also parenting like does that work at home and they get whatever they want so they think that they can do it here like it's so many things and I think Sally is right like I think once we take off that pressure that we kind of put on ourselves like I, I think which is you know easier said than done um I think you know things slowly start to change yeah, yeah. And another bit of it, I mean, Debbie, our relationship is, I mean, we've known each other for years. It's mostly virtual, but um, my sense is that you have really high expectations for yourself and that if you could just turn down those expectations of like perfection to like 95% of perfection, um, <laughs> maybe part of the burnout would would seep away, but then then part of the other things that you see as, as frustrating um might might not be as as frustrating but again that's something that's a hell of a lot easier for jeff to say on the podcast than it is to actually actually do right. i don't know yeah can i one thing you said jeff that I just kind of uh yes jeff uh <laughs> when he was talking about how they're testing their boundaries when they stomp their feet when they mm -hmm. walk away and cry um we we have all spoken about this in previous happy hours and um, how children are the greatest observers right that's what they do they watch mm -hmm. and they just soak it all in like a sponge and go this is how i conquer the world this is how i embrace it maybe mom is a pretty damn good stomper and maybe that gets husband to wash his damn underwear because let's be real um or dad or dad <laughs> Yeah, maybe or dad, dad right? Like if if see my son, my youngest is oh no, I I did it to both of them. Oh shit, they are both extremely accurate eye rollers. I wonder mm -hmm. where they got it from. Yeah, I can't imagine. <clears throat> oh Guilty my gosh, my 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 three year old. Yesterday, I was like, okay, it's time to go to bed. And I, I was trying to, we use the um, AI robot that speaker. So I was telling it to put some sounds on. And it just kept talking, asking me if I want to try something. And I was like, no, like, you know, get to it. And then she was like saying, what the fuck? And then my son was like, mom, she's, don't you hear her? And then as she's, he's telling me this, she's, you know, on her bed and she's jumping and she's like, what the fuck and then i was like oh what did you say she's like nothing nothing so yes 
yeah i don't know where she gets those words from because yeah I, I i mean i can't imagine you swearing i can't that's um hey before we wrap up i got a i got a question to ask you it's, it's a relationship thing so it is related to this um and since she's not in the room now um although she might be walking in pretty soon uh uh so last night tasha and i are we we watched this thing and there's like a ventriloquist on it with like a ventriloquist dummy and and so i start talking like um like a, a bad ventriloquist without moving my lips as much as possible and she really hates it and so i do it more <laughs> And then she she hates it more, which I think is hilarious. And 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 then she doesn't like it. And then I do it some more. And then she says something on the line, lines of, uh, do you think you're ever going to get to have sex with me again? And then I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I have to do it a couple more times because I think she's bluffing. But then I don't know for sure. Because um, I mean, she might have she might have something else lined up. I don't know. And um, but then I, I decided to quit. And. I apologized. And then later I sent her an Amazon link of uh, a ventriloquist dummies telling her that's what I want to do for my upcoming birthday. And then that started all over again. And, and then, and so um, was that mean? Or Is was that, that just romantic? a man thing? Cause that's absolutely I, what yeah. husband would do. Like, I was going to say that. You laid it, it out seem... from step A to step yeah. Z, exactly yeah. how that entire interaction would go. Yeah. Okay, so I agree. No, nothing <laughs> nothing abnormal. Uh, it's just normal. Um, I think the man thing, I think. I guess. Okay. Yeah. My husband, I like, have... oh, did I poke the bear? Does a bear like a poke? Let me try again. Well, she oh. looks so cute when she gets angry. I, I've told my husband before, like, I don't have sex with children, so you got luck now, buddy. Got to grow up some. Um, so, and, and another thing, we've been going, so far this year, we've been going on uh, on romantic uh, 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 cardio dates um, because we, we decided we weren't getting enough cardio in since we've been, we've been, we we were doing, we've been doing heavy, heavy weightlifting, but we got, we got last year, we got off on our cardio. So, um, you know, we did like a, a three and a half mile walk into town and then back. And, and then this last time we added some running to it, not, not, you know, just a little short bursts and everything. And then to make it more fun, I started like, um, uh, coming up with what was chasing us. And so, um, maybe we're being chased by ducklings. Maybe we're being chased by uh, cheetahs and that determines how fast we're, we're supposed to run on on the beach and uh and and so that's been that's been fun to kind of try to do a cardio date every every week this year um because you know we're old and don't want to die really quickly i feel like you need to add a like walk like an animal portion to this so if we're being chased by ducklings we need to bottle like the ducklings as we as we carry on, if we're being chased by cheetahs, there's a full gallop that takes place. I just feel like there's so much fun to be had. I think that, or, a... or you can take it a step further if you want to get her mad, but you don't. Hopefully, she doesn't hear it's for me. I think, like, if it was me and my husband, I would say, like, "Hey, what are you doing this day?" Like to a friend, be like, "Can you dress up as this?" Because he's really scared of that, and then we go running, and then they re- literally chase us. Oh no! If my husband no. did that, I would I would die. If he had uh, no, I think that's a really me, good I idea. I just die. don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to have enough human contact to have somebody 
okay do that for me um we'll just hope uh you know just a stranger will start chasing us sometimes no i like the idea of the funny walks but in an episode that hasn't been released yet you're going to soon hear about how i recently fell flat on my face on the beach um so we don't want jeff breaking a hip so so uh so there's that. Yeah, I mean, that. it would be a good story. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of hips, uh, Stephanie, hope the hip replacement is healing up, healing up well. Um, it was earlier today. Stay at it. Stay off of it. Do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, that's a little bit of uh, narrow casting here on the podcast. Uh, Stephanie had a had a hip replaced, and they would not let her keep the the hip. So that's kind of kind of sad. Yeah, you should get to keep your own body parts. Um, Anything else we should touch on before we wrap whatever this has been up? No. Nope, I think we're good. Was was anybody drinking here at the happy hour? No, this is just how much fun I am all the no. time. Yeah. Um, Sally's got a mug full of vodka, I think. Um, <laughs> what's in that giant I mean, mug? Well, there was vodka in there, but that wasn't the only component. Um, no, I did it again, a Bloody Mary at night, which I did not even know was a morning thing until you mentioned it, Jeff. My well, mother think... taught me how to make Bloody Marys when I was nine. So I make her Bloody Mary. So I, I never knew that it was a nighttime drink. So I mean, it's more, it's always morning someplace. It's always morning someplace. Yeah. Um, well, this year. This year has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that's wondering if you could bite a coconut open like <laughs> Slinky Dog. Um, and if you can, please send me video. Um, back soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.